Myron, hit the shell. Every time, hey, how's it? Welcome to the podcast. I'm Junior Kegel, whatever, Junior. So, uh, we're, we're doing like a bonus edition of the podcast because see what happened on the last podcast, right? We was to, we had two subjects for cover and we ended up talking about one thing, right? And then we left out uh, the different levels of gangster that we was going was to cover, right? Cause, cause I get the I get the email right. So here for you, USA at gmail dot com, right? So there's this couple of cousins, right? That I mean, they're not my cousins, but they're just you know Hawaiians, right? Okay, people from Hawaii. Now I have a handful of people from Hawaii. First of all, attitude of gratitude. Uh, let's let's uh, thank everybody first. So thank you very much. If you guys tuning in for the first time, welcome to the podcast. I'm Junior Kekoeva Junior. We're gonna talk about different levels of gangster in Hawaii. Okay, because that's, you know, I can only talk about my experience, so that's all we're going to do. But anyway, um, so we want to thank everybody for joining us, okay? And then um, the, the people that, you know, the largest concentrations of people we have in the United States uh, is California number one, Texas number two, and Hawaii number three. You know, I, I think it's because, you know, people uh, move to California and Texas from Hawaii. There's a lot of uh, people in Texas from Hawaii. There's a lot. And so... um my Hawaii audience is small and we hope it grows. So if you guys know, you know, people from Hawaii, tell them, hey, bro, check out a podcast. Genius stay on the podcast. Because in the old days, you know, every time I went on the radio, right? Because I, you know, they never have the guts for put me on full time, right? So they only let me come on once in a while, right? I mean, it was kind of risky. It was good because they don't, they never knew what I was going to say, right? And so anyway, and plus that we had, we had this guy who was all Jay. <laughs> you know, this guy was all jealous. So, you know, they had to keep it you know, at a bare minimum, right, when I was on. And um, so, <laughs> I mean, every time I think of him, every time I think of this guy, I crack up, always. Because this guy was, I mean, you know, bro, he was good. He was talented and everything, and then he was still jealous. <laughs> I'm like, what? How does that work, right? So anyway, but, but so, so that, you know, in the old days, when I was on the radio, they used to text and call their friends and their cousins. Hey, bro, Junior, stay on the radio. Junior, stay on the radio. And then everybody would tune in, right? So every time I was there, like if I was there like for uh, one week, because sometimes this guy took off for one week, you know, the guy I used to fill in for. And when that happened, they noticed a bump in the ratings. Like when it was like, especially when it was two weeks, because sometimes we had two week periods and the ratings went up. Right, because people used to tell their friends, "Hey, Junior, stay on the radio. Hey, check them out, check them out." So anyway, uh, please tell your friends if you're in Hawaii. We have, like, I want, I don't know what the exact number is, but I want to say we have a few hundred people in Hawaii. Uh, but in in Texas, 
<clears throat> we have uh, more than a thousand. I, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's more than two thousand. I don't know. It's something around like like it's over a thousand, and I think it's somewhere around two thousand, a little bit under. And then, uh, or maybe more, I don't know. Uh, in the last 24-hour period, we had 8,700 listening. So maybe, you know, may maybe it is more than that. But uh, we, we don't have the exact number. And in California, we have a, a large concentration of people. So, uh, yeah, we got to look at the, we, we know more like that, statistician and stuff like that. But we, we get, uh, man, I tell you, we, we don't get enough the game, budget kind stuff. But anyway, so. On the podcast, right, on today's podcast, we're going to talk about different levels of gangster. Because I got the email, and the email was like, oh, unks, you left us hanging. <laughs> you never even talk about a gangster, the levels of gangster. You know, you started talking about life coaching, and then you left us hanging. Okay, all right, here we go. Here's the different levels of gangster. Okay, so, you know, these guys, um, I run into a lot of guys, right? And um, these guys are young guys. I mean, you know, when I say young guys, uh, they're like late 20s, 30s, uh, younger than 40. They, they like 33, 35, 37, some of them. And um, so I, you know, and I talk story with these guys because I really admire young people and I support young people. I mentor a lot of young people. Over the years, I've mentored tons of people and they have become very successful. Um, you know, and, and so these guys, right, they, they, this one guy, he started talking to me about, about his uncle, right, and being, being a gangster. He was in a syndicate. Okay, now, uh, just to give you, I know a lot of you guys are outside Hawaii, so just to give you an idea of what the syndicate was, uh, or what the syndicate is, it, it's mostly like factions now. And, and back in the day, they had factions too, right? But my uncle Larry was, uh, in the executive branch, okay, he was in the executive branch, and and you know back in the day it was it was like you still had the factions, right? You had you had different ethnicities, and they had you know their own little mafia for for their other kind. So the Japanese, you had the yakuza, the Koreans, you had Korean syndicate, you had you had all these guys, and they everybody had their own syndicate, okay. Now the the big Hawaiian syndicate, which is the you know. Uh, which was our syndicate of choice, okay? Which and they used to call them the company, and and if you, I mean you can even look it up. I'm sure it's somewhere, right? Uh, just go online, look for the company. I, I'm sure it's there. Uh, it it was a it was a known thing. I mean, it's not like it was a secret or anything like that. And it was started by a couple of guys. Okay, we're not gonna name names, okay? Because we know that we know the offspring, okay? We know their family. We know the kids. And and um, you know, happy to say that that uh, the kids, uh, yeah, they, they're nice people. You know, a lot of these, even the guys, the gangsters themselves, they were nice people. It's just what they did for a living. Okay, I used to drink with this guy. Mm. But I used to drink with this guy, right? And I was young. I was like, I think I was nineteen at the time, right? Because when I was seventeen, I started hanging out, right, with these with these guys, and. Um, this certain this certain group of guys, right? And um, like I said, we're not gonna name names. And then, right, I moved to Chinatown. And when I was in Chinatown, because I was living in this place called Kaimuki, and then when I moved to Chinatown, right, uh, <clears throat> this was a whole different gangster scene. There's a whole different guy. So these are these were like gambling houses, okay. 
Now the different levels of gangster. You got you got your street guys, okay? You got your drug dealers, right? And I'm talking about like the the, the minor kind guys, not the major, not the big time guys. I'm talking about the street hoods, okay? Street hoods, okay? These are the guys that you know they 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 might be dealing drugs on the street. They might be running around, you know, in packs and and doing whatever they're doing, right? And and so you get street hoods, okay? Now above that. You get guys that that supply the street hoods. You get guys that the street hoods work for, okay? But these guys are still like like intermediate level of gangster, okay? Now, this includes guys that run gambling houses. This includes guys who supply the drugs to the street guys to sell. This this, this is a different level of gangster. Okay, so now above that level, you have like what I would call the executive branch. Okay, now these these are where decisions are made for like districts, for like whole sections of places, right? Now these guys collect what they call protection. We had protection back in the day that that uh, bro, I, I was I was on a couple of these runs, bro, when I was young. And so, but, but what it was, was these guys would, and I mean, they provided a service. You know, I want to say that, I want to say that the way that, that I saw it, the way that it was presented to me, it was, a, they were providing a service and they were collecting payment. Okay. So, so these guys would watch bars. Okay. And, and these sort of the executive branch guys, they would send the guys to watch these bars. <clears throat> and these guys would watch the bars because guys would come and make trouble. Now, there's other guys that would come and try hijack the bars. Now, you know, whether that goes on today or not, what I, I don't know. Because I'm not in the scene. I'm talking about the old days, okay? I'm not talking about right now. But in the old days, so these guys would go down and they would they would pay money. The bars would pay money to these guys. And these guys would watch the bar and they would sit in the bar. That was their job. So they would look like they're drinking. They would be like, you know, they would look like security. Well, they were security, but they would just, they would just look like they're drinking actually. And so if somebody came in a bar and made trouble, right, they would take these guys out and break their legs <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you know, whatever happened to them happened, but, but, they, but that, that kind of stuff because they would make examples out of these guys so they don't go back and make trouble in a bar. Right. And a lot of these bar owners and a lot of these bars were very highly respected because of this. Okay. And, and the respect came because these guys made trouble and then they got taken out. And, you know, so this, this one, this one bar. So we used to, I used to work at this one bar. And, um, uh, so I was playing music back in the day. And, uh, and me and, and my, uh, and my best friend was playing music. So we played music at this bar. And I told this story in one of one of the other podcasts. And this was this was like on a rough place. And this is a kind of action I had in the old days. So, you know, so this I saw this guy and he was tipsy. I mean he was really he was drunk. And I was trying to prevent him from like acting up and and then getting licking, right? So uh, I went on my I was on my break. I was on my break in between playing sets, right? I was playing music, singing, all of that. And uh, with my guitar and everything, and so so I walked the guy over to the door, okay. And the one of these guys who who watched the bar, right, came up to me, and he said, "Bro, bro," and he grabbed my hands, 
and he and he held up my hands, like right in front of me, right? And he held up my hands. He said, you see these hands right here? And I said, yeah. And he goes, these hands are for playing. He said, you leave, you leave this stuff to us. And I was just, you know, I was just, I was trying to, like, I felt sorry for the guy if he ran into these guys, right? Because, because he gonna, he gonna get licking or, or something, right? And so, so I told him, okay, Tommy, cause, cause, you know, I, I never like, you know, I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna argue with the boys, right? And, and I'm talking boys, so I was young, I was in my 20s, and these boys was in their 30s and 40s, right? You know, and these guys that watched the bar, they was heavies. Okay, so when, when I say heavies, they're syndicate. There's, you know, these, these guys are there for a reason and they get paid for this stuff. So I said, okay. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'm over there and I, I say, okay. And I watch him take this guy. Okay. And this guy was drunk. Now he took this guy right in the front of the bar, right outside the door was this fire hydrant. And he threw him face first in the fire hydrant. And I mean, brother was dripping blood, brother was, and he just left them there. And, and he said, come on, you know, we'll go back inside, you know, whatever. And I, and I went back inside and I was like, whoa. But that's how it was, Hawaii. It was like that. It was a rough place. It, it was, the times was, was very different. Okay. Now, I don't know if that still happens. I don't, you know, I don't know, whatever. But this, that guy got off easy. He got off easy because some of these guys, they got broken leg. Some of these guys are broken arm. Some of these guys got concussions, <laughs> you know, whatever. But anyway, so so that happened, right? That that kind of stuff happened. And that's the kind of stuff that I saw, okay? And when I was younger, right, I was around a more, let's say, a more upscale type gangster. So I was around the more upscale guys. Now, these guys are higher up on the ladder, and these guys, so so the guys that the guy the guys that threw the guy in the fire hydrant, that that guy, okay, that's the intermediate intermediate range kind of kind of thing. Okay, so I was I was around a, a higher level of gangster when I was young. Okay, now those guys, okay, took their orders from the executive branch, and those guys were a little bit different. So here's here's how that that thing worked, right? So there was a there was such a thing. In in um, in the entertainment industry as protection, okay. Now I don't think it happens now. I don't. I don't. I really don't think it exists right now. There's not enough money involved, okay. But where there's money, Hawaiians, you gotta you gotta expect all kinds of stuff. So there was money involved, and the protection racket works something like this, right? So they would take this guy. They would they would well. First of all, they would find the guy that the target, okay. And the target was probably somebody who set up shop and they're going show going and they're making good money, right? And so the boys would show up, okay? And they were sent by the executive branch. And these guys would, would show up and they would, you know, sit down and talk to the guy and they, they would tell the guy, they, they wouldn't just tell the guy, oh, you got to pay us protection. They, they don't do that. They sit down and they tell him one story. He said, oh, hey, you know, we was down the we was down the street, you know this this other guy and and uh, down at his show and and you know um, something something happened to this guy and, and I don't know they, they was giving him problems and whatever and and so the guy goes yeah and so they got they start talking to this now pretty soon the guy catches on right the guy catches on what they're saying but they're not really coming out and saying it right. And so, so then, you know, they say, hey, you know, maybe you could, you know, use some security 
and because uh, you know somebody might you know try try do some stuff to you and and we you know you wouldn't want that and but well, we could provide this service now the guys normally right if the guy turn them down okay if the guy was like nah nah nothing gonna happen to me ah no worry no worries okay so the guys would leave they would just leave okay so a couple nights later right or maybe maybe one week later maybe three four days later right this guy would be walking to his car in the parking lot. Now, most of these entertainers uh, that, that that had shows that, that was doing good and, you know, they had big shows and stuff. They had, they, you know, they had their shows in hotels. So the guys would be walking to their car in the parking lot, right, after that thing. And and this car would come around the corner, you know, in the in the, the hotel parking lots, the, the, the wheels, right, make noise. So the thing is like squealing, you know what I mean? coming around the corner right and and that kind of stuff happened and it would scare the guy now the guy would know at that point that okay this is a warning right they knew about it these guys they all understood this stuff right and and so that was the warning then these two guys would show up again at the show you know maybe a couple days later and they would go hey you know they would have a conversation again and the conversation would be Oh, we heard, uh, yeah, we heard, we heard the other night. Yeah, so, you know, uh, you almost got in trouble or something like that. Like, and, you know, we really think you should reconsider because these guys, you know, you, you might get hurt, you know, whatever, whatever. And and the way they put them, right? They, I mean, they don't come out and say you might get hurt kind of thing, but that's what they mean. And they'll, you know, they'll come in, come out and say, well, you know, that kind of stuff would never happen, you know, if you had somebody like this security detail. Uh, working for you and it blah 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 whatever they say right but they would hint at this stuff they wouldn't just come out and say it okay and at that point the guy would be like okay well how, how much you guys charge <laughs> right okay and then they would tell him but these guys work for the higher ups okay this these guys work for the executive branch and and that's how it kind of you know rolled like that but these guys had a huge protection racket and everybody paid into the in, into the, the, the protection kind of thing, right? And so people were assigned to their place. Okay, so maybe one guy, you know, maybe one guy was, you know, making X amount of dollars. Uh, maybe only, he only had one guy. The other guy, maybe he was making more money. He had two guys. But there was somebody watching, like, at every at every show, at every place, you know. And the, the average everyday person would never see this stuff, right? They come in, they enjoy the show, they leave, they, you know. But the guys that, you know, the guys that work the hotels, the guys that, the guys that you know, hang out, you know, whatever. They work in a showroom or what they know, they see, they see them every night, right? So, so this stuff, this stuff used to go on. So that, that's one level, Okay. Now, now this one guy I was I was talking to, I, you know, I was going to tell you earlier, right? So, so this one guy I was talking to, he's like from like nowadays, right? And nowadays there's there's a bunch of factions, right? There's there's no real, there, there is you know the the organized stuff, but it's it's all on paper nowadays. It's not like the old days. Mm-mm. Not like the old days. The old days you could walk. In, I used to walk in 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 clubs with my uncle. My uncle used to tell me, bro. You go in there, you look down, you understand me? <laughs> you know, and I go, how come? He was never mind, just look down, don't look at anybody, just enjoy the music. I'm like, okay. And and I was young, right? I wasn't even old enough to go in a bar, but because I was with my uncle, nobody was going to ask questions, right? So, so I walk inside, 
And and I see this guy, right, on a table in front of us, like maybe two tables down. Okay, now we're listening. This is a dark, you see, back in the day, the, the clubs were kind of dark, kind of dimly lit kind of clubs. And this guy was sitting down. He had on he had on blazer, right? And you could see 138 in one holster, like, like you know, like he was on police officer, right? And it was right, like, in, in, you know, his blazer would pop open. You could see him. And and wow, this guy don't gun, right? So so I asked my uncle, I said, is that is that a cop over there? Is that a police officer? He goes, No, don't look over there. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But but that's the kind of action that I had. Okay, now you don't have that kind of action. Get it? The action a little bit different. It's a little bit more uh wanna say sophisticated or a uh, little bit more, yeah. And and everything is on paper. You know, kind of like, kind of like the Vegas thing, right? Everything went corporate, and you still get, you still get the guys, right? You still get the heavies, but it's not like the old days where everybody was out in the open and go, oh yeah, well, you know, you, you knew when the when the brothers walked in the room, right? And and so I mean, you know, everybody was kind of aware, right? And now it's it's more like you know, it's it's all corporate. When you when you go down to Waikiki, it's all corporate. You go to a show in Waikiki, you don't see these guys, you know. And so so anyway, but in the in the old days you had these these levels. So there was the street guys and you would see these guys standing on street corners and you know, they're dealing or they're doing whatever. And then you see the the guys, you know, doing business, like showing up to pull security detail. And then then the guy the higher ups, so the higher ups only came by once in a while. You know, and when they came, they came, they came by, you know, and, and, um, and my uncle, them, we used to all sit down at this table and I was the fly on the wall, right? And my job was to sit down and shout up, right? And I used to sit down and this, you know, long table and we used to sit down and I seen this, like these guys, these high ranking, uh, people, right? In the executive branch, <laughs> they used to come down and, and they used to sit down and, and they used to all talk story, you know? And, and my, I mean, I was, I was like 17, 18, 19, I mean, those years. And so, so nothing made sense to me. I mean, as far as, you know, knowing what's going on, right? They're just talking story. I just listening to stories about hope, how is what I heard, how what I heard. So, so this guy was talking to me, right? About, about his uncle and his uncle was, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, well, you, you don't un- understand, um, my uncle and he was like more executive branch and this guy was talking about like one district one district gang type guy you know so the district gang type guy these are guys that that control like a a district like these guys would be like in a neighborhood right and you go and so this is territorial kind stuff you go to somebody's neighborhood that they control so you you know you're talking about one small uh, like, you know, the Hawaiians will call it a hui or a group. So you go into this neighborhood and, you know, and, and this group of people, right, they kind of run things. So they, you know, they provide protection to the bar. They, they got guys out there, you know, selling for them. They got people, you know, but it's only in the neighborhood, right? Or their territory. So like you go into, uh, you know, over here we have east side, we have west side, we have all of that. And when you're in different territories, right? You cannot, you cannot make any kind. Okay. So for you people in Israel listening, you people, uh, in different countries listening, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So if you're in a different area, okay, and 
certain people control the area. You know, you hear on, on the news, on TV, you hear the, you hear the commercial versions. You hear warlords, right? Or these, these guys, drug lords. You hear drug lords, right? Yeah, we have drug lords here too. And, and they have, you know, sections of this, that, and the other thing going on. But they have districts, right? So, so everything is territorial now. If you're in somebody's territory and you're acting up, then you have a problem with, you know, with, with the whole group of them. <laughs> you see what I mean? So, and any one of these guys will correct you. Any one of these guys would, would give you the warning. Of, hey, bro, you know, uh, what you doing? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But back in the day, oh, bro, we saw all kinds of action. You know, so I was trying to tell this guy, no, but you, you don't understand. My uncle was like, my uncle used to call shots for like uh, major stuff. So, you know, my, my uncle used to make calls from his cell phone, right? And everybody used to show up at the stadium for these political events. Right? <laughs> and, I mean, not not like, you know, he would make that one phone call. But no, he would arrange stuff like that, right? Like big stuff. And, and I saw some huge stuff happen. And I was around some pretty huge stuff. Right, like I remember one time we was at his office, and and the phone rang, right, and it was like the it was like the speaker of the house, you know, the local politician kind of speaker of the house guy, yeah, and the speaker of the house was on the phone, and then and then the, the conversation went on, and you know we were talking, and then the phone rang again. It was the governor, and the governor was on the phone, and then and then you know we waited, and then the conversation with the governor finished, and then we finished. The conversation, well, I didn't finish. I was I was the fly on the wall. I was that young kid in the room. You know, so I didn't really grasp the scope of like what we was there for or whatever. I was just there. And my uncle told me, Come with me. And, and so when he said, Come with me, I went. <laughs> you know, and I and I was just there. I mean, so so the, the different levels of gangster, right? You have to you have to kind of recognize the different levels. Now some of these guys Right. So when I moved to Chinatown, right, some of these guys, you know, these guys were in like khaki pants, a lower shirt. Right. And um, and there was gangsters. <laughs> now, I know, you know, don't go believing all the stuff you see on television. OK, because that that's a whole different. That's a whole different ball of wax. That's Hollywood. OK, don't don't believe all the Hollywood stuff. You say, yeah, we had guys like that. We saw guys like that. We was around guys like that. And they kind of got the idea from the movies. But this this one guy, okay, so there's this place. For, for you people from Hawaii that listen, okay, there's this place on Macaulay, okay, Macaulay and Baratania. And there was this huge gambling room. Now, the gambling room, it was kind of funny to me because on the outside, there was this small little game room. And, I mean, the bugger was small. There was pinball machines, maybe like about seven, eight pinball machines, right? And so from the road, and you and you could see kids go inside and play, and the kids was playing, right? But in the back of the room, there was this door, and there was this camera. The camera's on the door, right? Two cameras, one from each side. And so this guy with the khaki pants and a lot of shirt took me over there. And and we went and we was, you know, we was working. Well, he was working. I wasn't working. I was tagging along, right? But he was working. And his job was to go down, pick up money, take him somewhere else, right? Okay, so I went with him. And I, I must have been about 22, I think, around 21, 22. 
And and so he, you know, I used to go with him on his runs, on his pickups. We used to call them pickups. So he goes, hey, I got to go pick up. You let go with me. Oh, oh, yeah, shoots. Okay. So I used to go with him. And so he used to go, right? He goes up to the door, right? And they already, they're watching the door. He don't need ring doorbell or nothing. We just go up to the door. He puts his hand hand on the door handle and the thing, bam, and the thing lets him in, right? And so we go in. Oh, Hawaiians, I got to tell you that the room opens up, right? From this small little pinball thing, right? The room opens up and it was a huge room. And this room had like tons of machines inside, okay? And I'm talking about gambling machines. I'm talking about quarter machines, okay? And these quarter machines, uh, bro, it was unreal. So these machines, right? And and the the funny part, I gotta tell you, I gotta, I gotta tell you the funny part, no worry. But these machines were like twenty four hour machines, so people could come and they could gamble for twenty four hours if they wanted, right? And and they just come and they just you know boom 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 whatever. And and some of them would win, and then some of them would lose. And the the guys that win, you know, they would stay longer. And they, you know, eventually the house made them all back. Eventually the house makes out on you know stuff like that, right? But what happened when I went, right, the day I went, the first time I went, I went, I went, you know, a couple times, two, three times, I think. But the first time I went was funny because I saw all the cocktail waitresses inside, you know, from the hotels in, in Waikiki, right, over here in, in, in Hawaii, right, I'm talking about. And so I, I walk inside and I see this, they, they, so, so the hotels had different recognizable uniforms. So there was this uh, Outrigger Hotel, right? And they had this blue Aloha print uniform. And then there was this other hotel. So you would see all the cocktail waitresses. I mean, not all of them, you know what I mean? But the ones that gambled, right? And and they were still in their uniform. And they came straight from work. So they got tips, right? They made a lot of tips, right? And they took their tips and they brought their... They was gambling with their tips. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, bro. And so I told this guy, right? You know, I, I don't can mention names on everybody... Not everybody, you know, passed away yet. Anyway, and and so, but but I told him, I, said, I asked him, I said, hey, so, so all the cocktail waitresses in, in the guy in the hotel people that they, they all come down here. He goes, bro, this is twenty four hours, bro. He, he goes, sometimes these guys they get they get off their ship late at night, they gamble till early morning, and then and then they go home, sleep a couple hours, they go back work again, so they can get more tips. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. And that was my first exposure to, like, one huge gambling room, right? And this thing was, like, professional. This was, like, this was, like, walking into, like, Vegas, like, Lake Tahoe, like, you know, like, Harrah's, <laughs> you know, something like that, right? Like, one hotel, like, and you walk right inside and rows, just rows and rows and rows of machines. And they never got busted, Okay. And then they, you know, eventually they, the, the whole building doesn't even exist anymore. It's gone. Okay. But for years, and the funny part is every time I pass that place, right, there's maybe one or two people playing pinball outside, right? And I used to laugh because the place, the place looked like it was failing. Okay. It, it looked like, like hardly anybody goes over there, right? And, but that was the front, Hawaiians. That was the, that was the front. The back end was like when you went, if you, if you got through the door, if they knew you, right, they, then you get through the door. 
And then you get inside and then, whoa, oh, air conditioned. <laughs> was like, was like, bro, I had carpet and like everything it was nice. It was really, really nice. And rows of machines, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, but, but, so this was a different, you know, a different level of gangster. Okay. Now his friend, right? This other guy, his job was to go pick up, uh, I, I think I can say this, a briefcase of money. Uh, from the state capitol every Friday. <laughs> that, that was his job, see? So these are the kind of guys that, that I saw, right? And this was the kind of levels of gangster. So there's different levels of gangster. Now, the guys in a neighborhood, you know, the, um, what you would call the street hoods, what you would call the, the street, you know, there's the street guys and then the hood guys. And then, you know, uh, some of these guys actually went on to some pretty big stuff. And, you know, uh, slowly what happens, though, is these guys are not careful and and people get carried away the only thing i saw that you know that that to me was was like ah too bad kind you know is when these because a lot of these guys are good people it's just what they did right and a lot of times what would happen is these guys would just kind of get carried away on the ego side that's all and when they got carried away on the ego side, right, they, they kind of like got too big for the britches kind of thing. And then they did stuff that got them in trouble, you know, and then you read about them in the newspaper. Then you see these guys, you know, but but I was trying to, you know, tell this guy there's there's different levels. And so when he was telling me about his uncle, I said, well, you know, I understand that, that your uncle was active, you know. And so what what the old timers used to do. <clears throat> or the way they used to put it was he was a player. He was a player, but he wasn't he wasn't like a lieutenant or he was so they used to call him lieutenants, right? So I had this uncle, I had this other uncle. He was a lieutenant in the police department, right? And then he retired. Okay? Then he became a lieutenant in the syndicate. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, whoa. So, you know, and I gotta tell you, Hoynes, you know, the 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 way you, you look at things, right? Nothing is the way you see it. Nothing is the way you see it. There's plenty, you know, we, we used to call them fronts, right? Sort of, oh, wow, this is the front. And then what this is actually for is something else, right? So so we used to see all these stores and they still exist. And these stores are fronts, right? But these are stores that are set up to lose money, right? Because these other, these other businesses that they own are making tons of cash, so what they do, right, is they have a business that loses money. So, so you know, we used to go, we used to say like, we used to see like, hey, how come, how come these businesses like they, they, they full of merchandise and nobody buys anything? We don't see anybody in the store buying it. He goes, ah, every once in a while we got a liquidate. I'm liquidate. Oh, you guys losing money? He goes, yeah, too bad, we're losing money. And on the other end, these guys was making bank lines. They was on one end that, you know, it was legit on the other end. Yeah. So, so you, you could call it money laundering, right? <laughs> so this, but, but, well, this thing, I, I seen so many rackets like this. Now, here's another thing. <laughs> here's another thing. You have a lot of illegitimate businesses. Okay. Or let's, let's call it what it is. A lot of times you have somebody making money illegally. Not, I don't care what it is. I mean, you could you could make money illegally selling drugs. You could make money illegally gambling or whatever it is. And then what these guys do, there's a lot of these guys, right? And so 
some of my friends that did legitimate businesses and struggled and, you know, trying to make ends meet kind of thing with the business, right? And and I was one of them. I was I was right in there trying to, you know, trying to build, build up and everything. And these guys had a problem with, with these other guys who would do drugs. And these guys would do drugs, right? And they, they would do this stuff, right? And then they would they would turn it into a legitimate business. In other words, they would put a lot of that money, the profits that they made, right? And they would go build a legitimate business. And then they, you know, then they did legit stuff. And and then it wasn't really for money laundering. It was just like, okay, we're going to take this money over here that we made doing this. And then we would do something clean over here. And basically, that's what they did. You know, so so there's a lot of that kind of business over here. There's a lot. And, and it's everywhere. It's not just here. I mean, you know. Uh, I get I get cousins and and they're overseas and stuff and they they tell me the same stories. It's the same thing, but you know here's the thing, right? Okay, the government makes people cheat. Okay, the government makes people cheat. The government makes people feel like they have to cheat, right? Because you know if you don't have write-offs, if you're not losing money and you don't have write-offs, right? Then then what do you have? Well, you have taxes, right? You got to pay tax and you got to pay a higher tax. So these guys all end up, right, losing money. <laughs> they all end up losing money. And I mean, you know, so the, but these guys that had legit businesses was very um I want to say bitter <laughs> at at some point. And I I knew these guys. I saw these guys. And then so they set up businesses, right? And they struggled and they're trying to make this business good. And this guy, you know, dealing drugs on the back end, on the front end, his, his business is off the chain, right? And, and they're selling all kinds of stuff and they're making all kinds of legit money. And on the back end, all came from drug dealing, right? So, I mean, you know, and over the years, I, I you know, ignored those guys, right? I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And, and bro, we could tell you stories. We could tell you stories, but, you know, that's another podcast. But how many businesses, right? And they, they're, they're purporting themselves as these successful businesses, right? But when you look at the roots, when you understand the roots, okay, don't feel bad. When you understand the roots, you look at these guys and you go, ah, whatever, right? It is better to struggle, in my opinion, right, than go do something like that. Right. Because if, you know, if I had one, if I had one child that was in business or whatever. Right. The last thing I would want my kid to do is something like that. Something like go do drugs and, you know, go deal drugs first and then build up your bank and then go legit. I mean, you know, that is not a good business plan. I, I do not recommend that. OK, but but yeah, you're going to, you know, so so the law of attraction thing. Right. OK, so here's the thing about that. Right now we get into the get into the law of attraction. This is a law of attraction podcast. You have your own mana, okay? And the purpose of me, you know, the purpose of me explaining different levels of gangster, okay, is because I had the question, right? So this guy DM'd me and and was asking me because I said something about gangsters on my other, you know, podcast, and he wanted me to explain the different levels of gangster. Okay. But what I'm gonna tell you guys, okay, about about dirty money, okay, going clean, right? Or you, you go make your money, you know, in a dirty way, whatever, in a negative way. And then, and then you turn around and you make a positive business, okay? Now, that is bad mana. That is bad karma. That is bad. 
that is bad juju whatever you want to call it okay but it's not gonna last it's not gonna last it's temporary okay look at these guys right you see them they come out and you know we saw we saw over the over the quarantine you know when everybody was quarantined we saw some of these guys because we know who they are right and we saw somebody we saw these guys go out of business we saw these guys who was cheating we saw these guys who was making cash in huge amounts right and they was making they was making tons of cash okay and they was bleeding the business they were stealing from themselves in other words right tons of cash and and then they went out of business why because in the end they couldn't hold up in the end they couldn't they they couldn't survive Okay? And the reason why is because eventually things work against them. Okay? Because God is real. Okay? Now there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that survive, right? There's a lot of people. They had to do some stuff, right? They had to struggle. They had to cut back. They had to cut down. They had to they had to hold back. They had to, you know, temporarily close. They had to do all that kind of stuff, right? But that stuff is is better to do. Right, then go do illegal stuff, cause then you get bad mana, then you then you get bad karma, okay, whatever you wanna call it, but it's bad, right? Cause they on one end they're doing something bad, and over here they're trying to do something good. That doesn't work, Hawaiians. It never works, okay. So here's the thing, right? Instead of feeling bad, okay, just focus on you. Just focus on what you're doing. You know, like for our companies, right? We we slow down during during the you know. I mean, praise God, during the during the quarantine and all of that, we were forced to move everything online. Okay, the, the only thing is, yeah, we got an empty office that we got to pay for until December. Right? Then the contract is up. Then the office is going. You know, I'm going to be giving away a lot of free stuff pretty soon. I'm going to be opening the doors and tell, hey, come down. You know, we're, we're getting the place ready. We're taking all the important stuff out. And then we're going to say, hey, come down. You guys like stuff? Just take them. Just take them. Right? Because it's been a great 23 years. Now, most businesses fail in three years. That's the critical part. Okay? Now, here's what I'm going to tell you guys about, about doing them the honest way. Right? When we started, right? We did them the honest way. When we started, right, in our, in our uh, commercial space, right, we worked for three years. You know, and, and I didn't even, you know, focus on... Okay, we got to do three years. I didn't even focus on that. I focused on doing our best and doing the most we can and being productive. That's the only thing we focused on. Three of us, okay? Because I had two partners. And the three of us focused on that. One of them was my Hanai daughter. And and we we worked that place like, like you wouldn't believe. But what we did was, the way we looked at it was like our second home. So, so proud. We put, we put on soda machine in it. We had 677 square feet. We put on soda machine in there. We put on candy machine in there. We put, you know, so we just tricked it out. We tricked this whole place out. We had Okumahula come down. You know, we partnered with her. We hired her to come down and, you know, she made money. We made money. Everybody made money. Right. And that's another thing you got to share. You got to give people their share. You cannot, you cannot try to see how much you can, get away with you know what i mean like you got to be fair with people you got to give everybody their due right and and make it worthwhile for them to to be there right so we we did all this stuff right and and somewhere down the road right so so my daughter goes uh dad 
<laughs> she's gonna be bad right she goes uh dad uh c- can we have a day off and i'm like day off because you know we were we were not thinking day off we was working seven days a week and she goes uh dad it's been three years and i was like oh wow it's been three years because see we we were focused on the fun of it we were focused on the adventure of it we were focused on the development of human beings which is the only reason why uh my office my my school my office is still there that's the only reason because we were in service to other human beings right we were developing human beings and we were providing that service and that's the only reason why we can explain that we're still around down there right and when when she said it was three years, I'm like, oh, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, we'll take one day off. And so we scheduled one day off. So we was off on every Monday until today, right? I take Mondays off. Till today, I, I just, you know, Monday, okay, I try to relax. I try to schedule everything on other days, right? But back in the day, we worked seven days a week for three years, okay? And we just focused on the fun of it. We focused on the mission, which was development. We focused on that. And, you know, I'm talking about the voice school, right? And that was the commercials. That's what we needed the the commercial space for, right? The other stuff we did, the production company, all, all like that. We just, we built it into the place. We built it in uh, to, to to the office or whatever. But the, the, the production company was actually a recording studio that I built in my house. So we had that at home, and then we had the office, we had the school, so we had a commercial space, and then the, the studio was at home. And so we still manufactured at home for, for several years until we moved out, and then everything was, we, we built it on down at the, at the commercial space. But that's, that's our, that was our attitude. And, and I did not, if, if she never said anything, if she never told me that, uh, we would have just kept going. Because that's what, you know, that, that was our, our, our purpose. And that's why I tell people, I tell the young guys, focus on your purpose. Don't focus on the weekend. If you're focused on, okay, I'm going to do so much and then, and then I'll go, I cannot wait. I cannot wait till the weekend so I can go do, you know, X, Y, Z. Or I can go drink or I can go party or I can, whatever. If you're living for the weekend and you're living to party, okay, that's where, that's where you're going to, you're not going to have the full benefit is what I'm saying. But we focused on purpose. And our purpose was developing kids, developing adults. Our purpose was showing people that, that they can build their confidence to their voice, right? That kind of thing. So we was doing that, right? But but these other guys, you know, we saw a lot of guys and they had, they had money. And we saw them come and go. They had money from... You know, I want to say negative sources. Let's put it that way. Okay, illegal stuff. So they had money from illegal stuff that they was doing on the side. And they was funding their regular business. And boy, their regular business was all tricked out. Right, it was all tricked out. And and did it make us envious? Yeah, kind of, kind of, sort of. It did. We was looking, you know, was looking at them going, wow, man, you know, that, but... The, the way they're doing them, you know, and we was thinking about that. Wow, bro, the way they're doing them, bro. They, they, they're dealing drugs and then they get the best stuff and then, you know, all of that, right? But that didn't stop us. So what we did was we just focused on us and we learned that over time. In the beginning, yeah, the first couple years, yeah, it kind of irritated us. We was very irritated, right? Because we thought it wasn't fair. 
Okay, but here's the lesson, Owens, okay? Because this, at the end of December, it's going to be 20, this is 23 years we have our commercial space, okay? And it's by the grace of God that that happened. Because I can tell you, we went through, we went through two recessions, okay? We went through, went through a whole bunch of stuff where people were just, it was like a mass exodus out of the building, okay? And, and then we was getting new cars and stuff, right? And like I told you on the other podcast, we did a couple podcasts ago, when, when we got the cars, the money came to support the cars. The extra clients came. The, the clients were not there. And then, then they started coming. And that's the law of attraction. You have to attract this stuff. And this is not magic. This is not magic. It's a mindset. That's all it is, Hawaiians. It's a mindset. Okay? You fix your thinking. You fix your life. You turn your head around. Everything turns around. Okay, it's the way that, that you do it, right? Like I told you on the last podcast in the 20s, there was people making out. There's people making a lot of money. And there was people that was suffering. They was hurting, okay? So what you going to do, Hawaiians? Are you going to let fear get in the way? And then you, you just going to bask in the suffering? Oh, I'm suffering. Oh, I'm struggling. You know, you get these guys going around going, oh, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. No, 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 Hawaiians. The struggle is here. I'm pointing to my head, okay? The struggle is here, okay? The struggle is, is yeah, if, if you want to go and, and, and wear a badge of honor that says struggle on it, guess what? You're going to struggle, and you're going to struggle hard. And the more you think struggle, the more you're going to struggle. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that think that struggle is an admirable thing. They think, they think, oh, yeah, bro, I'm going to get credit for struggling. I'm going to show the world how much I struggle. And they put them on Facebook. They put them on Instagram. They put them all, all over the place, right? This is how much I struggle, right? We never advertise our struggles. Yeah, we had struggles. Everybody gets struggles, right? But when we had a struggle, right, we looked at it like a challenge instead of a struggle. We looked at it like, okay, all we got to do is get from here to there. That's it. You know, we, we wasn't thinking about, oh, this is on struggle. Oh, life is on struggle. No, no, no. We was like, okay, there's some temporary setback right here. So what are we going to do to adjust to get over this bridge? And we looked at it like bridges. Okay, how are we going to get over the bridge? You know, and my Hanai daughter used to always tell me, dad, don't worry. Don't worry. And, and I used to tell her, and this was, this was like in my, in my early 30s, right? This was before I learned the law of attraction. And, and she goes, don't, don't worry. And I'm like, what do you mean don't worry? My name is on everything. I'm responsible for it, right? And I started thinking like that. I am responsible. Can I still run into guys that, that are like that, right? I am responsible. And, and because they're responsible, they're taking more stress. They're taking more worry. They're doing more worry, right? All of that. And it doesn't, it does not pan out, Hawaiians, okay? Ask yourself the question, are you still here, right? And look back. Now, look back at all the times you worried about something, right? And now ask yourself the question, was it worth all the energy you put into the worry? Or did you just, you know, and then eventually you worked, you worked it, you worked it out, right? You worked through it. You worked through the struggle, right? So that's the law of attraction. If you change your mindset and you say, okay, we're just going to work to get over the bridge. Now, how do we get over this bridge and what adjustments do we make and, and what's, what's it going to take to get across the bridge? There you go. And, and so I started looking at, at it like that and I started learning this from her. 
And she taught me this because every time I would worry, right? And I would express the worry, right? I would, I would, I would speak it, okay? And, and you, you know, you can speak things into existence, right? You can visualize, you can do all this stuff. And all I could visualize, right, was the worry. Like, what if this happened? What if, what if, what if? Okay, Hawaiians, all the what ifs are rooted in fear. So you can fear, okay, and what if this happened? What if that happened, right? You know, like when I was a kid, right, when when I did something wrong in school, right, my mother used to pick me up and she, she used to go, you wait till we get home. And and then the the car was quiet, right, because my mom was pissed, right? And, and on that ride home, I cannot even tell you how much I feared, okay, because I was scared, right? What the hell is going to happen when I get home? What's going to happen when I get home? And you know what? When I got home, right? All the fear, the ideas I had about what was going to happen, never happened. It was always less than I thought because we have imaginations, Hawaiians, right? And our imaginations can run wild, okay? And you can picture all kinds of stuff, right, that could go wrong, okay? All kinds of stuff. And, you know, you see stuff in movies, you see stuff, you get ideas from all kinds of stuff, right? You watching TV, you get all kinds, you know, what if this happened? What if that? What if an earthquake happened? We all die. What if, what if, what if? Okay, so you can fear all you like, but I'm going to tell you, there's only two things that take you off your life path, doubt and fear, okay? If you start doubting, okay, and that comes from fear, and, and you start feeling fear, okay? Worry, worry is like praying for something bad to happen. I always say that. And that's one lesson that I learned. So instead of doing that, what we did was, like I said, we figured out, all right, what we got to do to get, get past this thing, to get over this thing. And we got through it. The guys that we saw that did all this illegal stuff, right? Oh, yeah, they was banging for a while. And then guess what? <laughs> we saw them come and we saw them go, Hawaiians. We seen them come. We seen them go. You turn them upside down. They all look the same. Okay. And we're still, we're still going, right? Yeah, my best friend that was my business partner, yeah, he passed away. He's gone, okay? I'm the only one left. Mahanai daughter is out doing other things, right? But, but we keep in touch, you know, always, always keep in touch. But, but the principle, the bottom line is, right? Now, I got to deal with closing up shop after 23 years. No problem. No problem. It's been a wonderful ride. It's been a great ride, Hawaiians. But it was a learning experience, right? The journey. You got to pay attention to the journey, right? Because when things was banging and things was going and everything was, you know, money was coming in and we was doing all kinds of stuff and shows and all kinds of stuff like that. Bro, I was aware in the moment, right? Like, I got to soak this up. I got to soak this up because this ain't going to last forever, right? And I had a great time. And that's the, that's the mindset that I had to develop. And that eventually that happened. So, so in my late, you know, but my late thirties, that mindset started to kick in and the journey was easier. The journey is never easy. Okay. The journey is never easy, but it gets easier with the right mindset because then you can handle things with a clear head. Then you can handle things with a more rational mind instead of fearing and overreacting and all this stuff. Because you can make them worse. You can make them worse. Hawaiians, okay? And these guys, right, that, and, you know, and yeah, I could name names. I could, you know, but, but that's not, you know, that's bad juju. That's bad karma right there. But I can tell you that these guys are not around. 
And I can tell you that all those guys that we saw back in the day, and we was like, oh, wow, they're they banging. Oh, these guys get the best of everything. And I, ah, but they're selling drugs in the background and, you, you know, all that stuff. Bro, they're all gone. They're all gone. Okay? So the moral to the story, right? Do them the honest way. You're going to have to. You're going to have to bear a lot of stuff. You're going to have to put up with a lot of stuff. And you're going to see these guys. You're going to see these guys out there. And they're going to look like they're banging. They're balling. They're doing all that. They're throwing money around. They, you know, you're going to see some of them go to prison. You're going to see some of the businesses fail. You're going to see some of their, you know, family members pass away. You're going to see some, you're going to see a lot of stuff. Okay, because bad things happen when you operate like that. Bad things happen when you take advantage of people. Bad things happen when you when you have things that are negative over here and then you're trying to do positive over here. Eventually, that negativity is going to weigh you down and it's going to put a strain on the positive stuff you're doing. So, so just be humble like that and focus on, on the positive stuff you're doing. You know, and, and I got to tell you, my Uncle Don used to tell me, you know, there's there's good people everywhere. I said, no, no worry about anybody else. Just just you know whatever you got going, bro, that's good. Just focus on that. You gonna be all right. Just keep going. Just keep going. And you know that those thoughts stuck in my head, you know. And when when I came upon guys that tried to pull me down in the entertainment industry, guys tried to shut me out in the radio business, guys tried to make me any kind, and they, bro, even if I still go around it, they still gonna do that. They still get guys, right? And then they, they turn people against me, stuff like that. Bro, that, that made no difference. That did not have an effect on the outcome, okay? And the outcome is now. The outcome is right now. I'm all done. Bro, Hawaiians, I, I'm, I packed it up already with the entertainment business. I packed it up with the radio business, right? Am I out of business? <laughs> Hell no. No. So, so this is a example for you, okay? I'm not telling you to follow me and my example and I'm the man and I, no, I'm not telling you that. But what I am telling you is that don't let those little negative stuffs get you down. Don't let those things hold you back. Don't let that define you. Don't let the things that other people do against you begin to define you. Cause if you do that, then you start working against yourself. And if you start working against yourself, yeah, you're going to lose everything, Hines, okay? You're going to lose everything, but you can win in the end, you know? And I told you another podcast where my uncle would sit me down and he said, look, you can do this one of two ways. You can let them sponsor you or you can go over here and work hard your whole life and have everything you ever dreamed of, right? And I got to tell you, Hines, my uncle was right. But when you're 18 years old, or actually I was 17, when you're 17 years old, you don't like hear that, Hawaiians. That's the last thing you, you're going to hear. I mean, it's like, oh, whoa, sorry, Hawaiians, I got to go. But yeah, that's the last thing you like hear, right? Is somebody, when you're 18, going, bro, you got to work hard the rest of your life. And you're like, what? The rest of my life? Right, right, right? Ah, there you go, Hawaiians. There you go, Hawaiians. How are you, Hawaiians? Hey, we'd like to thank Island Club and Spa, our sponsors, also Voice Master, family of service companies. And we'd also like to thank AFMHawaiiMusic.com, uh, featuring the music of Brother Darren Chinen, by the way. Go check out Brother Darren. He's up on iTunes. Uh, I think he's up on Amazon. I think he's all over the place. Check him out. Until next time, I'm Junior Kekawewa Jr. Remember, 
do your own thing. Focus on your stuff. Never mind the other guys, okay? Till next time, mahalo and aloha!